Hi, and welcome to Off the Dock. I'm your host, Kara, and I'm a marketing specialist new to the AEC industry. Off the Dock is a podcast for people interested in commercial diving and engineering by those who do the commercial diving and engineering. I'm going to ask the questions people unfamiliar with those fields want to know so you can learn right along with me. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode five of Off the Dock. Today, I'm here with Robert Fisher, Director of Safety and Compliance at Marine Solutions. He goes by fish around here, so that's what we're going to call him today. So what else to chat with a safety guy about other than workplace safety? We're going to talk about fish's background a little bit, the importance of safety, implementing safety programs, and encouraging a safety culture. Hi, fish. Hello, Kara. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am splendid. Thank are you. Are you excited? Oh, so much. I thought so. You I... keep you kept putting me off, so. Oh, whatever. Four episodes before you get to me? <laughs> I'm so sorry. My apologies. We'll get you on the schedule again soon. Oh, fantastic. Okay, so you've been the director of safety for six years at Marine Solutions? Yes, ma'am. A little over. Can you tell me a little bit about your role within the company? Well, the uh, full fancy title is Director of Safety and Compliance. Um, And in that capacity, it is my responsibility to ensure that we are following the regulatory requirements set forth by the many different entities that we have to uh, follow and make sure that our employees are trained and knowledgeable about the work they do and try to uh, perform their tasks in as safe of a manner as possible. That sounds kind of important. It is. It is fairly important. (laughs) What did you do before you started at Marine Solutions? Oh, a a number of wonderful ventures. Um, I spent two separate tours at the Kentucky Labor Cabinet, where I worked as a OSHA consultant. And that's basically the same job as a compliance officer, except we don't do investigations of fatalities and injuries. We worked on a request basis. So kind of uh, auditing, safety auditing, uh, paperwork reviews, that kind of thing for folks that would request that service, which sounds kind of weird. Most people don't offer OSHA to come in their doors. Yeah. But uh, there were some benefits to them. Kind of a free, free governmental look at your stuff, basically. So we would point out issues with their paperwork or their practices and kind of give them a certain time frame to correct those. And then that was kind of the deal with that. I also uh, spent some time with a larger construction firm doing the traveling uh, safety guy thing on many different job sites across the country. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Um, The whole being gone from home all the time thing was not really for me. So I kind of I went back to my state job and then I was looking for something more local and this opportunity presented itself. Awesome. So I know we could probably talk forever about it, but could you give me like a little brief overview of Marine Solutions and its commitment to safety? Well, you know, briefness is my strongest suit. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I would say that my time working for the government, I got to see lots of different places and their different attitudes and approaches to safety some good some bad some in between and that was one of the things i looked at before i came here when i was looking for other opportunities was to kind of uh, do some legwork on my end to 
see if these folks had a history, good, bad, or otherwise, and how they approach things and how they truly felt about safety in the workplace. I take it they checked out pretty well since yeah, you're here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there was no history, which is usually a good thing. It means that you haven't been visited or cited for any issues or violations out in the field, which is always good. And then uh, my discussions with the upper management during the interview process kind of made me feel a little bit better about where they stood and what their thought was on, on the subject. So um, I guess the short version of it, um, I, I think I can say with, with a hundred percent certainty that our, our management group and our leadership team is fully committed to safety in the workplace, whether that's office field, et cetera. And we do push to have employee involvement because those are two of the key pillars in making this thing work the way it's supposed to. Um, if you don't have support from the top down, kind of hard to make anything happen. And then if you don't involve your, your personnel in the things that you're doing, then it's kind of pointless as well. So um, no complaints on my end in six years. Um, I won't say that we don't have discussions about different things that are thrown out there um, because sometimes safety is not always convenient, uh, but they always back me up and, I've never had an issue trying to get something done properly or safely. So safety isn't always convenient, but it is super important. So with this kind of unique industry, commercial diving and engineering, what are the unique challenges and risks risks associated with the industry specifically? Well, There's obviously a lot of risk. I mean, these guys are guys and gals are working in an environment where human beings are not supposed to normally exist. Right. um, You know, one of the things I've talked to some of my other safety cohorts, um, it's kind of it's a different sort of can of worms to me because most of the time when our guys go to work, I can't see what they're doing because they are underwater. Right. So that's the safety guy that makes my already nervous self slightly more nervous. You know, if you can't see what someone's doing, it's kind of hard to tell if they're doing everything exactly the way it should be. Oh, yeah. But again, um, part of my calculus in taking this position was these guys and gals have to be fairly mindful of what they're doing just due to the nature, uh, the the uh, fancy verbiage again would be uh, intrinsically hazardous work. So that means there's just a certain amount of risk and hazard built into what these people do. You know, we have, you have welders and construction workers in general that work all over the country. These guys and gals are doing that same sort of activity underwater. Right. Welding so, times 10. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Welding in underwater, electricity and water and all that good stuff. So, um, you know, we can't see what they're doing at all times. Um, we don't have a lot of turnover here, but we have hired and grown a lot in my time. So we have a lot of new folks or maybe just new to us folks. Um, that always presents some different challenges as well. You know, new people don't know what they don't know. And sometimes with folks who have worked in the industry, wherever can come to you with maybe some bad habits or just habits that aren't, um, things that we necessarily want people to do here. So that's another part of that as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of different stuff. You know, we've got the commercial diving, the engineering, the inspection work, Um, A lot of different uh, processes and tactics that we utilize out in the field. So there is a never ending. Every day is kind of different. And there's like a never ending list of things that we have to stay on top of. 
So what happens if someone comes in, maybe new to work or whatever from a different company, what happens if they don't really take safety that seriously? What are the downfalls of that? Well, I mean, the obvious answer to that is they can put themselves at risk or in a position to be injured or, or worse. Um, you know, we, we don't do work alone. So you're always in a group. And if your attitude or approach is not on point where it should be, then you can not only endanger yourself, but, uh, any number of other folks that you may be out in the field with. I mean, ultimately it's not fun to talk about, but if we don't do things the right way and follow the protocol that's been established and set forth throughout years and years of work history and rule development, then the ultimate negative outcome would be somebody getting killed or permanently maimed or, you know, uh, disabled, if you will, like many different adverse outcomes that can come from that. Right. And we definitely don't want any of that to happen. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So now we have reached the middle of this short podcast. So quickly. So quickly. Do you hear that? I do. Okay. So it's time for a rapid fire. Uh, that's, that's what the ominous sound of thunder. <laughs> Okay. Question number one. All right. What's your biggest fear? I mean, professionally, my biggest fear is that... It doesn't have to be professionally. Uh, well, you cut out my easy answer. <laughs> it can be. I don't know. I, I guess professionally, maybe... Well, not maybe. Professionally is that we, we or someone does something that ultimately results in a fatality that to me obviously would be the worst case scenario. It's not a thing that I've ever had to deal with, nor do I want to in the remainder of my career. Well, that makes sense for that to be a fear. of Yeah. That was the low hanging fruit. Um, personally, I don't know. Snakes, spiders. I mean, I don't like snakes, um, kind of heaved out more by birds than snakes. Oddly enough. Doing a podcast. Is that your biggest fear? Eh, no, not really. <laughs> I, I have to speak at least monthly in front of folks. So that's not, you know, at least we're not doing video on this thing. That's true. Or are we? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Question number two. Would you rather have five half-sized clones of yourself or one full-sized clone of yourself? <laughs> you know, like little, little fish running around or just one other one. I guess I guess it's got to be five miniatures. Oh my god, worst nightmare! What five miniature cares? I agree. <laughs> um, yeah, you, I mean that's five times the the tasks that can be accomplished. I guess. But if they had to do a lot of things that couldn't be done by the half size version of you, I guess they could like lift each other up and stuff. Yeah, they just stand on each other's yeah. shoulders. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> okay, last question. And keep in mind, uh, this is a professional podcast. Oh, okay. What was your last Google search? Oh, my God. <laughs> you can get out your phone and look. Well, that's a good thing you said that, because I certainly don't know. Oh, actually, I do. It was probably probably something to do with Diablo 4. On Xbox. What is Diablo? It's an, it's an Xbox game. That would probably be the thing. That's the soup du jour right now. It's my mindless activity to take my mind away from work when I'm not here. Is that what the cool kids do? Play I, Diablo? I, well, I don't know. I'd have to ask a cool kid. <laughs> 
All right, let's get back to it. Okay. So Marine Solutions has a safety program. Can you tell me about it? Tell me about your slogan. Tell me about what you guys do. Well, we definitely have a safety program. Um, it is the the not as exciting version of that is a couple giant documents that contain all the written policies and procedures applicable to the work that we perform in the diving and general construction realm. Um, we we shoot for a slogan every year. Try to uh, get some ideas from the the rank and file employees every every fall to come up with our new slogan and we get our banners and things to kind of just promote and have a visual reminder on the job sites of what our goal for the year which every year is to have zero injuries or events that are adverse to people right. or the property uh, so this year our goal was uh, our slogan rather was uh injury free in 23 i like that yeah I, I take zero credit for that i'm not a creative person so i didn't Come up with that nice little rhyming slogan. <laughs> um, we, like I said, we've got the uh, documentation that we have, which is required and you know mandated by many different entities. The slogans, uh, different initiatives, as far as uh, we do safety observations, which allow all of the uh, field employees to submit items back to myself that we can review as far as things that they see and deal with out in the field. Uh, we also have a safety task team which is made up of myself and several representatives from our other offices um, from engineering topside folks diving all corners of the house if you will how many people are on that team uh, i think there are 10 of us oh wow myself. okay so pretty good uh, pretty good representation i think we're around 100 employees so 10 people we got about 10 percent of the company yeah. on that team. and like i said they come from a wide breadth of uh, experience and background so little bit of everything, kind of a good uh, melting pot of ideas, if you will. Yeah. So we meet with those guys uh, at least four or five times a year, and we talk about, you know, where we're at, what we're looking at moving forward, different areas that we can improve on, or just items of need or note that need to be addressed. So, again, I think that uh, kind of points and speaks back to our commitment from the top down, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I have seen and, well, I mean, worked for in the past other companies that didn't really want to invest that amount of time and resource for their people to uh, talk about safety outside of, you know, your morning job briefing and things of that nature. Is there any type of training for employees about safety? I'm sure there is. (laughs) So, yeah, we have, uh, I mean, there's a large amount of training just depending on who they are and what they're doing. for, for new hires, typically we have a, uh, a slate of uh, courses that we put them through. Uh, covers everything from, from your OSHA fall protection stuff, lockout, tagout, um, all the way down to ergonomics and general working around water safety type classes. Um, we don't differentiate between office and field. I mean, everybody gets a little something. The uh, office-based folks take, obviously, less training than the rest, but there are still hazards here in the office, you know, slips, trips, and falls, ergonomics, things things like that. I was going to ask you, why should I worry about workplace safety if I sit at a desk? Well, you should worry about workplace safety because just like any other person that works, if you injure yourself significantly on a job, it can greatly impact your life and the folks that you care about. Um, we do work with a lot of dangerous tools like letter openers mm-hmm. and paper cutters, paper cutters. <laughs> yeah. I get several safety observations on the paper cutter every year. <laughs> um, but you know, I mean, you can Google search lots of 
terrible photos of people who've had mishaps with paper cutters. So I'm um, probably going to not do that. Safety doesn't doesn't start and stop in the job site. I mean, it's everywhere. We, you know, these guys and gals that work here in our shop doing maintenance on equipment and cleaning vehicles and loading out for jobs, you know, that's just as hazardous here on our own property as it is being out on a $4 million project where there's cranes and earth moving equipment and 14 other trades and other contractors. Yeah. So what do you all do day to day to ensure safety or weekly, monthly? What's the safety schedule like? Well, I mean, I, I like to think at least that safety is thought about and discussed at all times before all tasks. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we mandate, and as do most entities, we have to have our pre-job meetings, toolbox talks, whatever phrase you like to use. We do those uh, out in the field and in, in the shop as well. It's basically just a discussion of, you know, hey, guys, what are we doing today? What, what are the tasks that we have to accomplish? Who's performing what portion of that task? How are we going to do it safely? Do we need any extra gear or personal protective equipment to do that? You know, do we have uh, newer, younger, inexperienced folks out there that we need to identify and kind of mentor while we're working today? So we do those on a day-to-day basis, shop, office, field, all the above. And you mentioned the uh, safety observations, too. I did. I did. Um, We instituted that not too long after I came on. Again, that's just a way for them to report items back because... Do they have to be... Like bad or can they be good, safe nope, things? Nope, it can be good or bad. Okay. I, mean, I think bad is obviously a little easier to notice most of the time. Um, you know, this piece of equipment didn't have a guard. This electrical cord was damaged on this other device. You know, this person wasn't utilizing fall protection or PPE correctly. So, I mean, those things are kind of obvious. But at the same time, you know, you can send one in that's good. You know, we... We had a effective pre-job meeting. Everyone understood the tasks. The work went smoothly, and we had no incident. That also works. Uh, they give praise to others. You know, maybe somebody points something out and corrects something before it becomes a hazard. Those are all good things as well. Teamwork. Yep, yep, for sure. Makes the dream work, right? Yeah. Um, continuing on with your first question. So in addition to those daily meetings, we also have our monthly safety meetings. So once a month, uh, we will conduct a meeting that's company-wide, and we will record those and make a course out of them so anyone that doesn't watch them can catch up after the fact and that's just a uh, that's an attempt to disseminate the same information to everyone make sure we're all on the same page and we can learn from others mistakes that way we don't continue to have similar incidents incidences happening over and over Uh, and then beyond that i would say you know myself as far as trying to ensure safety um, in my experience in the industry it's about being receptive to people, um, having an open line of communication. I like to think that, that I'm a fairly easy person to talk to most of the time anyway. Um, but no, in all seriousness, you know, just talking to these folks like they're people because they are. Right. And, you know, kind of letting them know that, that I am on their side, which I would hope that they would already understand. And, you know. Even if we have to have an uncomfortable conversation about maybe something that wasn't done correctly or could have been done differently and more safely, um, that they know that at the end of the day, I'm trying to look out for their best interests and, and the companies. So I try to uh, make myself available and, and open to these folks and, and keep that line of communication open. 
I like that there is a lot, you know, daily safety meetings, monthly safety meetings. Mm-hmm. That way you keep it in their mind because not only do we want them safe at work, we want them safe at home as well. Facts. Yes. So that was a brief conversation about safety. Thank you, Fish, for talking with us about that. Hopefully this episode will help keep people safe, encourage others to think about safety, even when they think it may not be important. So I just want to thank you all for tuning in today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Off the Dock. For all the latest and greatest in commercial diving and engineering, be sure to subscribe. Also, check us out at offthedockpod.com and follow us on all socials at offthedockpod. Until next time.